CougarFan.com, Rise and Shout podcast, episode 424. Get all of your BYU sports news at CougarFan.com. Matt, I went to a movie theater. Like a like an actual theater? Yeah, I went and saw a movie in a theater. Probably some of our listeners are listening going, for example, if somebody whose name could maybe rhyme with Mondre Cutchins. Schmondre Schmutchins? He might be saying, what took you so long? Well, they just opened up. So I did go first weekend. So uh, some of the rest of you are thinking, you just want to die, don't you? You just want the COVID. Um, so I, uh, we went to the theater, my daughter and I, and they had a, not a whole lot of new movies cause there's not a lot out. And the, the one that got, came out this weekend was an unhinged. Have you seen the trailers for that? Yes. I, I believe I lived that. I have no desire to see that movie. It doesn't even look interesting. Yeah. I, anyway, so, um, we went and saw back to the future. Wait a minute. Did you go back in time? We've got to get you back to the future. Yeah. Um, my daughter had never seen it. So what a great way to see that movie the first time back on the uh, on the big screen. And it's a great movie. It really is. It holds up. I mean, obviously, the uh, the... The the second one, which now she wants to watch, I don't think that one will hold up as well. I haven't seen it in years because we've already passed 2015, right? The 30-year point, <laughs> and a lot of the technology is not here. Uh, most of it is not here. No flying cars. Uh, hoverboards. Hoverboards. Self-drying jackets. Well, you know, hoverboards are legal. It's just parents groups that keep them out. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, that's right. When you yeah, were a kid? I remember that. Yeah, that it was, was like, thing. oh, no, those those were real in the movie. It's just uh, kids are the best. Uh, just like when I watched Over the Top and wanted to be a trucker as a kid. Some of you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but it's a... Oh, yeah, you turn your hat around. It's like a switch. Yeah, it's a power switch. It's a Sylvester Stallone movie. Uh, where he's about arm tru- wrestling. About, tru- arm- about tru- truckers in arm wrestling tournaments. That's right. That's right. Um, perfect. It's... it's uh, Vintage Stallone. But anyway, it was fun. It was fun to get back to the theater, and somebody answered a telephone call right in the last 10 minutes of the movie. So it was back Who does that? I don't know. Some dude. He's like, uh, movie's almost over. I'll call you back. Are you for real? Yeah, yeah. It's only, I think that's only the second time I've ever had somebody take a call in a theater in a movie. And to say, I'll call you back. See, that's what I don't understand. Like, in, in two... In 2020, why does anybody answer the phone to say, I'll call you back? Yeah, text them, just, just let it go to voicemail. Or just call them back later. Yeah, it's 10 minutes away. Just... I actually hate it. If I call somebody and they pick up like, hey, can I call you back in just a minute? Well, why did you answer the phone? Yeah, yeah, tell me that. Text me that. You don't anyway. You don't need to pick up the phone to tell me that. So uh, my hopes up. Actually, I... What I movie, past movie, would you really like love to see on the big screen classic movie that you haven't seen in a long time or maybe you have but something you'd love to see on the big screen you know what? i'm gonna say a movie that i haven't you said a movie i haven't seen in a long time yeah, i'm yeah. gonna list a movie i haven't seen ever okay the matrix oh that's right you've because it's rated r and you would never <laughs> see a rated r movie correct so my daughter listens to the show and um so i get in 
trouble's the wrong word, but she did ask me the other day, have you seen any rated R movies? I'm like, I don't think she's getting the joke we're telling here, but <laughs> anyway, yeah, The Matrix would be great to see for the first time on the screen, the oh, big yeah. screen, or again for the 23rd time, either way. Or a uh, movie I saw recently came on TV that I think would be fun to watch in a theater is uh, Castaway. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That would be that would be good. I did see that in the theater uh when it first came out. I I missed on my mission some movies that I've never got to see on the big screen. The first Mission Impossible. Oh yeah. Um Independence Day came out while I was on my mission. Um I don't know if I really care about I like that movie, but I don't know that that would make my list. Of, of movies that I've never seen on the big screen. And then, you know, but the thing is, I've seen all the Star Wars movies on the big screen because the $1.08 played them, you mm-hmm. know, when I was in college. So I've seen all those. Empire Strikes Back was at our theater, too. That was our two choices was Empire Strikes Back or Back to the Future. Those were what we were trying to decide between. Um, that would be a fun one to see on the big screen. Uh, but she... She opted for a movie she had not seen in Back to the Future. Good choice. Way to branch out. Solid choice. Well, let's uh, climb on into the tweet bag. Tweet bag. Uh, Kelly Rogers has our first tweet bag question from Facebook. You, of course, can join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com slash rise and shout. You know, sometimes I feel like I listen to podcasts at one and a half X. We've talked about this. I also listen to books at one and a half X now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have tried to go to two. It fries my brain. I know some of you are probably listening to this at two, but I f- sometimes feel like when I start the tweet bag, I, I'm trying to talk at one and a half X. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, slow down, buddy. They can speed this up if they need to. So that the people who are listening at two are actually listening to it at three. Yeah. That's like warp speed. Yeah. Warp speed right there. You're anyway, listening at the speed of light. Kelly Rogers had this question. Uh, I found out that Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg ruled in 2018 that a hot dog is a sandwich. YouTube food theory, what makes a sandwich time 150? Yeah, yeah, it's a YouTube video. I've seen it. Just thought you would like to know. We already know, Kelly. And we've already ruled on this. I don't give a crap what she says. She didn't even seem interested in the question. Listen, listen. Um, there's a lot of reasons to like RBG, and this is just another one of them. Because she is correct here. A hot dog is a sandwich. There are, listen, I respect her and her career or whatever. I disagree with almost every opinion she puts on the Supreme Court. So I, I have to say I continue disagreeing with her opinions. I don't disagree with this opinion. Well, of course you don't. It's called confirmation bias, Matt. Uh, Whatever. All right, so yeah, we've seen that, Kelly, and uh, everyone's, you guys are still wrong, and I'm still right. It is not a sandwich. All right, Daniel Smith had a couple of questions for us off of Facebook. He says, who do you think you are? What gives, what uh, What gives you the right? Hashtag tweet back. I don't know what he's talking about. It's a joke. No, I, I was, is, it, is it a movie reference? I don't know what this is. I don't know what is it is. Is this a quote from something? Did we say something last week to this effect? I don't remember. Mm. We say all sorts of garbage on this show I that meant, I don't remember. I, meant I cannot to, figure out what this is about. I meant to reply to him and say, dude, I, 
This is probably hilarious, and it totally went over my head. And yours too. Well, apparently. I just listened to last week's show a couple of days ago, and so I, I don't, I, I, I'm lost. I'm lost. Yeah. I, I mean, so my my response to this is Daniel Smith. Who do you think you are? Yeah. What gives right. you the right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So he That's says on a serious note, which is why I think it was a mm-hmm. joke, among other things. What's your prediction on the BYU versus Navy game actually happening in 13 days? Hashtag tweet bag. Uh, Matt, 13 days from now, Navy and BYU are scheduled to play in Annapolis, Maryland, in front of no crowd. On ESPN, rumors are College Game Day is going to be involved, and Kirk Herbstreet has already been scheduled to be on the call. So... What is your percent chance that that game actually kicks off on Labor Day night? 90. I was going to say 90. I, I mean, at this point, I think I, 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 it's a very different thing if you tell me they're going to play a full schedule. That's a different percentage, right? But I think that first game happening is pretty high. I, I the The thing that I would put... That I, I think would be more interesting to put odds on is do they put any midshipmen in the stands? I think they've said they're not going to, right? Yeah, but that's but like if you're if you, let's just say let's just say okay you went to the Naval Academy you're big into Navy football let's just say that for a minute. Okay. How cool would that be to flip that game on and have a bunch of a a. a you know, a, a the bunch only of crowd is stands. Yeah, the only you crowd just got in the it full of sailors out of the academy, like you know, and Marines, social distance. Because like, I guess both go there, but you have them spread out. Like, how cool would that be? So, speaking of spread out, it, that would be amazing. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be very cool. Uh, and I think even for BYU players, it would be cool. Yeah, just to even have a crowd, just to have um, a crowd. And quite frankly, I'd love to play Army and Navy every year. I know some people, when I say that, every time I've said that, and I've been saying it for years, that I would love to play all three of the service academies every year and have rivalries with them. Um, I loved the rivalry with Air Force when we were in the WAC in Mountain West. Um, anyway, I I know a lot of people are like, but I I think it'd be cool. Um Maybe this will start. This would be something. a fun game to travel to. Like if this were in a different season, oh. and traveling the thing that people did for football games. Yeah. Um, to go to Annapolis. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally, it'd Thank be totally you. cool. Yeah, I, I totally do it. But speaking of sitting next to each other, did you see the video of the American Fork? I think it was American Fork athletic director oh. shut the game down until people put on their masks and spread out. Yep. I just you know. You want football people, just follow the rules, okay? Even if you think they're dumb, just follow the rules, right? Um, you know, and, and it's hard to get into. I was I was talking to somebody uh, I know, well, texting, somebody I know in Utah saying it's hard to get tickets to high school football games. Right? Because they're really just doing it to family and students for the most part. Um, right. So... If you wanted to go see some football. All right. Randy Whittle also had a Facebook question for us. He said, this might be a good year for a Rise and Shout Fantasy Football League. 
And he put in a, a smiley face, you know, not an emoji. It's just the colon. No, and that's the what those thing. were called emojis before the emojis went graphic. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Learned something new every day. What do you think? With the watered-down college football season, it would be fun to do some weekly fantasy football talk. There is still time. The movie club is also a great idea, but not limited to sports movies. Basically, everybody hates my wife's idea, and I am offended by all of you disliking my wife's idea, and we're not going to do my wife's idea of the sports You're shocked movies. and appalled. The fantasy football idea is enticing. Um, I would love to participate in another fantasy football league that I will forget to move, check my lineup in. (laughs) So we've talked about this in the past. I don't think a fantasy football league, Randy, works. What we could do is a rise and shout NFL pick'em group where you pick. You do an NFL and a college pick'em. No, the college pick'em one's going to be a mess. Yeah, yes, it is. So I say, what what do you think? What do you think? And listeners, what do you think about doing an NFL pick'em group on ESPN and it'd be password protected? Um, Matt will want the password to be 1996, but it won't be. Um, but we'll do, you know, what do you think, Matt? What do you think, listeners? I'm in. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. And I will destroy, and I will destroy you all. And then we can talk a little bit of NFL every week. You know, which, we're, which frankly we're going to do anyway, right? Because that season's going to survive. Well, and the other part is we just have a lot less college football to talk about in general, and we end up talking a fair amount, right? I, but the college football playoff, or we get, we'll get to this here. Actually, I'll I'll add a question to this next question on that. Anything else on Randy's before I move on? No, I'm in though. Let's do this. All right. Uh, we'll we'll have details on next week's show, and via Twitter, and Facebook, and probably not Instagram because we never do anything on Instagram anymore. Um, Eric at Eric. Oh, by the way, I totally forgot this. I'll get to that in a second too. Oh my gosh, I'm the worst. All right, Ericer. That's at Ericer Eric on Twitter, and of course you can tweet us at BYU underscore Shot. He says, "Do you understand why teams that aren't playing this season?" were included in the top 25 poll that came out this week, or when they will stop being included. So I do know the answer to this. I forget which reporter it was, a voter in that AP poll, said they were instructed to vote as if everybody was going to play for the initial poll. I think they want it to be like historic, you know, this is the opening poll. I don't believe they're going to be required to do that, though I don't have confirmation of that going forward throughout this season because you can't still keep like USC as 11th if they never play a game right they're not 11th it's going to be great when like after the first week you've got teams that didn't play moving up and down (laughs) I'm with Eric here that I think they should have said hey voters you'll only vote on teams that are planning to play this fall I, I don't see any right now, reason. I mean, there, there's, there's, a, there's people out there that believe that the Big Ten is going to reverse course. Yeah, they're not going to reverse course. Listen, I mean, I, I understand what people are saying, and there is, I believe, some truth to the conspiracy theory, if you want to call it that, that the Big Ten believed very much, and the Pac-12 believed very much, that the SEC and Big 12 and ACC would fold after they did. 
that they would just the pressure of it would just mean they don't play. I, if that's the case, if that's what the Big Ten presidents thought was going to happen, and the Pac-12 presidents thought was going to happen, have they ever traveled to the South ever in their lives? I mean, Warren isn't it Warren the the uh, the guy that's uh, commissioner of Big Ten? His son plays at yeah. Mississippi State. They should know that the SEC, the, the only way this was shutting down is if this pandemic went like Ebola-level wild in the South. Right? I mean, that's the only way they're going to shut it down in preseason. Now, once the season starts going and, you know, we there was a report that Texas Tech has, what, a whole position group out? Um. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, I mean, there's we're not out of the woods yet on this by any stretch of the imagination. But if they thought the SEC was just gonna and the ACC were gonna fold, I, I, that that seems like a uh, you know as as uh, happy not happy Gilmore, uh, yeah, happy Gilmore would say that's a that's a classic backfire. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works out for him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that's what they thought, or do you think we're making an independent decision? It doesn't really matter what the other conferences do, or do you think they were uh, anticipating everyone to follow? I think they were up. I think they thought they were up in the front. I thought they. I think they believed they were going to be the way the ACC was. Uh, you know, when when a couple teams pulled out of their conference tournament, and then there was this domino effect, and three days later there was no college basketball. Um, I, I, I think they believed that they were on the front end of that. And if you look at, you know, all these conversations around the process or lack of process that the Big Ten seemed to go through, and I'm not criticizing their decision, but it's, but it's pretty clear that they uh, that th- people were not all on the same page and people who felt like they should have been included as part of the conversation were not. Um and I, I think that uh, there, I think there was a, I, I think there was not very good communication around what they were doing, um, and uh, I, I, and I think a couple of people s- felt like they were setting something in motion, and they just miscalculated. Yeah, yeah, and here's the other piece to that is these universities are all a mess right now. So I got a friend at work whose son is was going to Michigan State. Okay. They were supposed to be this last weekend driving to East Lansing to drop him off. They collect tuition and then a couple days later say no on-campus living. Right now, if you've got an off-campus apartment there, right, you can do that still. And I'm sure there are people up there doing it because that's happening all over the country, right? USC's having an outbreak of students and they don't have classes online or kids living on campus, right? Um but guys, this is this is a bad this is a bad deal, right? These universities are muffing this completely. They took everybody's tuition money, then told them it's all going online. I mean, it's it's a mess. Forget about football for a second. They're, they're not handling this particularly well. You know, everybody freaking out that there is if you're going to have people on campus like North Carolina and Notre Dame are doing, there was going to be a bunch of positive tests at the beginning. That was inevitable. So I, the fact that people are freaking out like, oh my gosh, there's positive tests. Well, yeah, 
It's all over the country, of course. And your UNC and Notre Dame, kids are coming from where to go to those schools? Everywhere. Everywhere. They're coming from everywhere. So, you know, the fact that, oh my gosh, UNC had this like kind of mini up, that was going to be the, the fact on every college, major college campus in the country in the fall, if you had classes. So I, I don't, the problem I have is I'm not trying to criticize their, I guess I am criticizing their decision, their decisions. What I'm saying is the process seems broken in that all of this seemed inevitable two months ago, right? Like none of this, yeah. none of this should have been, oh my gosh. And then this is the other soapbox that I'll get off of here in a second. But the other part of, well, kids are kids. They're going to party. You can't blame kids. Blame the university administrators. These are adults. I blame the university administrators for making bad decisions if they did. But the the students have to take responsibility too, right? Like Yeah, it's just like a basic factor of life, right? Like you live with the adults. consequences of your decisions. Yeah, and I think it was Ohio State. They sus- suspended 250 students today or yesterday for breaking protocols, having uh, two different incidences where there were large parties. And they are suspended from school, right? So again, actions, consequences. But it's interesting. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, So Eric, getting back to his question, assuming their eventual non-inclusion, meaning the polls, all the people that aren't playing, how high will BYU rise in the rankings all set at an over-under at 21. So, Matt, are you taking the over, a better ranking than 21, or an under, uh, worse ranking than 21 by the end of the season? Because uh, he's saying if, how high. Oh, at any point, could they get higher than 21 in the rankings? Well, let's do a little bit of math, right? So okay. who's still playing? How many teams are still playing? Uh, SEC's got 12, right? Sure. Uh, Big 12's got nine i don't know a, a number sure. other than 12 because yeah. nobody has the right number so in their call it 20 anymore. then the acc and notre dame 40 50 i don't know is it 60 something right at this point so do i believe that we will get into the top third yeah when i look at the conferences that are out there that are still going to be playing and our schedule too right because you like if you beat Navy and Army to start the season, I think you're ranked. So I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I think you take the over there. I mean, granted, the schedule gets very, I mean, don't sleep on Troy, uh, but the schedule gets very uneven after that to be nice. Um, Well, I think that we've got, um, we've got a real chance of going undefeated at home. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I... Well, I mean, we start with two road games and then have six... The other six are uh, home games, right? Now, I, I think a lot of people are thinking we're going to get another uh, couple of games on this schedule. I don't know if we are or not, right? Everyone's I, Several people I've seen talk, they're all disappointed when Saturday the 12th games are getting scheduled and it's not us. Guys, the, if you're still hoping on that, we, we can't make the, S, the uh, conference protocols I don't think we'd fit the conference protocols with a Monday game and play on Sunday, on and, Saturday. And you probably, and you, you might not even want to do that, frankly. No, I, I don't think you do. But I, even if you wanted to, I don't think the Big 12 um, 
games. Now, now the Big 12 has blocked us out, right? They've already scheduled their out-of-conference games. Um, so, you know, we're really looking at there's probably, I, I'm sure Homo's working, Tom Homo's working hard on it. If you get two more games in here somehow and you get a schedule at 10, I think you're in pretty decent shape to play um, a sustainable season here. I mean, again, decent shape. Uh, but yeah, we're going to take the over on 21. So a uh, couple of things before we go to the big Y, or I'm going to start calling it Y Mountain. The big Y. It was stupid. It was stupid the whole time, wasn't it? I don't know. I I'm thought it was fine. It, I'm calling it Y Mountain now. It's the thing we're going to climb in each episode. Is that right, better, cool. cheesier, worse? I don't know. It's about the same. It's about I'm the in. same. All right. It's about the same. It was, it's it's lame in a similar way. Um Patreon, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash rise and shout. And then the other thing, this is the exciting news that's been true for a couple weeks, and I have not mentioned it, Matt. I don't think I've even told you. So this is going to be news for you. Oh, boy. Are you ready? We're pregnant. I'm totally kidding. We're not ah! having a sixth kid. Uh, <laughs> and I would have told you that not on, on air, though that would have been kind of fun uh, to, to, get your, to get your reaction on that. We have expanded our distribution as far as podcast listening options. Oh, here we go. Okay, so you can now uh, listen to this podcast on Spotify. Uh, And I'm trying to see if Google added us or not. Uh, But I will see here in a second. This is exciting for the... Listeners, isn't it? Do do do. Do we have any? You've taken a very, you've taken a very exciting announcement and really killed really it. Killed Good it. job. Uh, Google hasn't added us yet. I'll have to go back and see. Uh, Spotify, Amazon. Uh, you can ask. You can ask your Alexa to tell us. And soon to be on Google Podcasts and Pandora. Uh, we're waiting. Um, waiting for approval on Pandora for some reason. But I think the big one is Spotify and Amazon. I don't know. Do people listen to Google Podcasts? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think people I've, must. I never had got... We've not gotten requests for that. We've, over the years, gotten requests on Spotify. And yep. um, I, honestly, I'd been kind of lazy about it, and it got easier through our service providers, Podbean. Not that any of you really care. Uh, but Spotify got easier to do, and so I added it a couple of weeks ago. So we've actually been on Spotify for a couple of weeks. It's kind of interesting. A little, little bit of a test run. Yeah, a little test run. So anyway, sure. if you guys prefer Spotify, but you're getting us through some other thing, go find us on Spotify now. Or tell your friends who are like, you know, Spotify snobs that we're on Spotify. All right. So why Mountain? It's the offensive preview, Matt. So we'll start with a question from Jeff Johnson. That's at G off J at BYU over under on BYU touchdowns per game this season. He's setting the line at 13 and a half touchdowns per game. That seems high. Uh, very optimistic. I was going to set it at look. 12 and a half touchdowns. Way per to game. be uh, way to be enthusiastic, Jeff. He's reading all. See, Jeff watches all of the material that comes out of camp. Yeah, yes, he does. He's a dedicated fan. Yeah, and so he's he's just he's just jazzed. He's excited. He's just, he's just he's into it. Well, so the athletic he believes in the team. So if you take the under in this, you don't believe in the Cougars. That's right. You hate. Not only that, you hate BYU. If you and saw the city of that, Provo. 
if you if you watch the highlight of that pass that Zach Wilson threw to is it Neil Powell the one that was in the corner of the end zone where he got both feet down? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who caught that pass? I think it was Powell. I'm watching the play right now. Uh, it's no, yeah, it's Powell, right? Okay, so so if you've watched the, that video and you don't believe that we're going to score more than 13 touchdowns a game, like then you're not really a fan. Or Gunnar Romney running past people. Yeah. Or Lapini Katoa during non-contact football not getting contacted. Just or finally the one that I saw where you had Tonga blowing some offensive lineman up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. So one of the things that I think he's getting at, Matt, is that the athletic – um, uh, what is his name? The reporter Bruce Feldman, who uh, on the Athletic, he believes that BYU has the potential of a top ten offense. He basically talks about the veteran offensive line, the talent of Zach Wilson. We'll get back to Zach Wilson in a second. And he said, even with all of the injuries last year, this is what Feldman his his case is. Grimes' offense moved was much improved even with a lot of injuries uh, on the offensive line injuries that tailback and having to use three QBs all those things are true um and he he is Feldman is very high on Wilson but he also believes in um uh, the receivers as a group and of course he loves uh Bushman and then Isaac Rex he mentions him as well I mean, so so. Do you believe this is a potential top ten offense? Do you think national football writer Bruce Feldman is onto something, or is this uh, hype because there's not a lot else to talk about because half the college football world isn't playing? Um, do I think, looking at this schedule, that we could put an offense together that's going to put up some scary numbers? Um, yeah, I think the thing that is going to be tough is number of games, right? So if you know, if, if the Big 12 Conference just gets to play more games than we do, you're going to have a lot of teams there that are just they're just have more opportunity to put up big numbers. Yeah. But uh, but know, average yards per game. We play average yards per game, I think, would be a big number. Points per game, I think, could be a big number. Um, yeah, I, you look at this, you look at the schedule, I, there's plenty of opportunity here if the offense can get clicking, for sure. Well, and here's the other thing that some some national writers and local writers are talking about. Say you're playing, and I'll just pick a random game on our schedule, okay? Say you're playing Houston, okay, in two months. And they have a mini outbreak on their team, and four or five of their top defensive starters don't play that game because they're in the COVID-19 protocol. What kind of offense are you going to put up, right? And even worse, take a team like, North Alabama or Texas State, and they lose four or five of their top players for a game. I think there's going to be some crooked numbers this year. I mean, there could be anyway. There always are. But I think you could see some crazy stuff. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. If we adjust for schedule, though, I don't think this is a top 10 offense. I think it could be a top half of football offense, so in this case, this year, top 30. I think it'll be improved potentially over last year, especially the back half of last year. Um, I think it could be, you know, adjusted for schedule improved. What do you think about that? 
adjusted for adjusted for schedule. Yeah, I think it could be a top fifty percent in the top half. Um, yeah. You know, you've got you got three quarterbacks, all of whom have some experience. It's gonna be interesting. It sounds to me like they may, you know, they're gonna name the starter here pretty soon. Um, well, Satake you know. today or was that yesterday said that all four quarterbacks have been in play, if you will, this fall camp. Do you believe that? Do you believe that all yeah. in all four quarterbacks, even the freshman? Yeah. Wow. I mean, if that's true, that makes me a little. I, I don't know if that makes me excited or nervous because you think with Wilson, with how much more experience he has than the other three quarterbacks, that he should be just the default option for most coaches is, well, he's the guy, right? Uh, He's healthy this year. He wasn't last year fully healthy, you know, still recovering from offseason surgery. So is it scary or is it reassuring because we just have four really talented guys? I think we have uh, three or four guys that are all pretty close on ability to execute. And you can't bring in a lot of these new guys, young guys that come in, you have to get them in the mix and give them an opportunity where they feel like they have a chance to compete. Um, That's just, I think that's just part of coaching college football these days Uh, that, you know, or people feel, you know, if people don't feel like they're in the mix, uh, they're going to lose interest and they might decide to go do something else. So I think you've got it. I think you have to give them a chance. Yeah. Or at least make them feel like they have a legitimate chance. So I I buy it. They they've all been in the mix. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't make me nervous because I've seen at least what two of these other guys have done, even on a limited scale. Um, so to to based on just kind of the eye test with the things we've seen already to tell me that you know these guys can compete with Zach Wilson even though he's got kind of a longer resume of game experience. I buy that they have the talent to compete with him. So it doesn't make me nervous. I I think that we're going to be in pretty good shape. Um, at at the quarterback position, I think we've got. I think we have decent options. Well, and how about this? They can all come back next year per the NCAA rule at the exact same class that they are today. That now that's when things are going to get really crazy. Because and we that's got across a, the board across position groups. So we got a really talented quarterback coming back off his mission next year, right? Yeah, and now you go back to the point I was just making about these young guys have to feel like they have an opportunity to compete. Yeah. And he's going to want to get on the field pretty quickly. So you look at it, and you're going to have Jaron Hall, Soljay, um, Baylor Romney, Zach Wilson, and why can't I think of the stud recruit? But you guys all know who I'm talking about. That's that's pretty that's pretty interesting. We have right now more quarterbacks on the roster than we have running backs. Now that's not entirely true because I think uh, they don't have uh, um, they don't have Al uh, Algier listed here for some reason, so it's probably the same number. But anyway, fascinating man. This is going to be it's going to be an interesting group. We'll get back to the quarterbacks here in a second. Um, Gary Payne has this question for us. That's at Fast Break GP. He says, "So what position group are you most excited to see?" And which are you kind of me on? So hashtag tweetback, hashtag painback. So everybody, and then Zach Thornton follows it up with, in, are the reviews with this offensive line so positive? Are we in for a letdown? I felt a little bit that way last year. So position groups, Matt, which one are you most excited about and which one is your me? 
Which was my meh. Uh, that one's a little bit tougher for me to actually. These are both tough questions for me to answer. Um, just because I'm so jacked up about college football starting, I I, I don't <laughs> even care. You're all positive. Um, but the position the position group I'm most excited about right now is probably wide receiver. Um, I feel like there's a lot of potential in this wide receiver core. Some of these guys we've seen before. Some of these guys you know have have lost some time and are and are making comebacks. Um, and then we've got a couple of new additions that uh, I feel like have a ton of promise. You know, and, and so, you know, I, I remember, you know, we, you go back in time to when, say, Dax Milne came, you know, and, and everybody, this, you know, people wondered uh, kind of where, where, he, where he belonged. Um, but, you know, this is a guy who I think could do some really cool things. You got Neil Pau back. I think, you know, that's, that's exciting. I think every, everybody loves them some Romney. Um, you know, and the brother-to-brother connection that ha- you know, they in, in a scrimmage, you know, that that's been everybody's watched a bunch of that. So, um, I, there's a lot of in Cody Apps, and anyway, there's a lot to be excited about in the wide receiver core. So, th- I think that's the one I'm probably the most excited to see, just because I feel like there's some some hidden potential there that I'm excited to see if it comes to fruition. Um, you know, I actually don't feel the same way about the offensive line. Uh, just as a note, um, I, I think the offensive line. Uh, they did pretty good last year, and you know if you look at outside evaluation of the offensive line, um, was was typically pretty high, uh, and and I think that that that's a unit that has some uh, I, I has a couple of players there. I think we might have a couple of guys there who could go and play in the next level at one point or another. I I think uh, um, some underclassmen and at least one senior that I think could play in the NFL. Now a position group though that I'm a little meh about. Um, and, I, and we talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, I'd have to go to the to the defensive line. Um, you know, I, I think. But we're we, talking I, offense I, this week. I mean, we talked about. Oh, you're right, 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 right. I'll back, the, off, back off. Okay, I'll back off of the defensive. We, line. yeah, but um, that's that's fair. That's fair. You and I felt the same so the, way last week. So on on offense, though, I'm going to go with the running backs. Yeah, I thought you might say that. That's fair. Um, and I think, and I, we've talked about this, and where I where I feel on that before. I just, I'm with you on the running eight. backs. I, I am meh on the running backs, but only out of comparison. I'm most excited about the offensive line, so I guess I'm totally opposite of what Zach's saying. I thought the offensive line was very good last year. I don't think that was ever our problem. In a couple games, there were some injuries, and they didn't do us well, but. When the when the starters were out there and healthy, I, offensive line was not our problem um, on offense. I don't think last year, and I think some of the advanced analytic stuff backs that up. But I think even watching the game, you know, you can't you can only protect a quarterback for so long if the guys don't get open. I, I am I don't know what to make of this wide receiver group. To be honest, I mean, I look at it and I say, okay, you got three juniors that you mentioned, Milne. Romney and Powell, right? And I have yep. to say, Mill and Powell have made made massive steps last year. From I just wondered if they were going to get passed by all these other guys coming in the program, and I don't think I mean, that's we wondered true. if Milne was even like a D one wide receiver when he showed up. I, I I did, and I was wrong. He's been much better than uh, than I thought after freshman year. I I I thought I just don't think. You know, and it wasn't anything personal against the dude, right? Like I don't, I don't have anything personal against any of these people. I just, I just watched him freshman year, and I thought, I just don't think he's good enough 
to be out there. And it's the stats. I mean, it 10 catches for six, 69 yards, right? And again, it's a small sample size, but the, his longest catch was nine yards, right? And that was part of the offense in 18, not just him. But last year he did, he did well, right? And, uh, and uh, even did well on some punt returns and some other things, as we talked about last week, as he might be the guy on that on that piece of it. Um, but I, and I felt not the same about Powell. I thought Powell was just kind of a guy. And I think they might be both better than that. My question really becomes, is there somebody that's amazing? Do you have Romney take the leap to the guy we thought he was going to be, which he has not done yet? Do number zero wearing Cody Epps or Miles Davis, do one of them become amazing? And I think that's what, if this group is really going to be, you just need, it would be great to have these solid performers and then some one guy take the leap and become, you know, a candidate to be a best wide receiver in the last 20 years kind of guy, right? Um and if somebody can do that, that changes your entire offense. If you've got Bushman and a wide receiver that are massive matchup problems for the defense. Because I don't know how you... It's very hard, and we see this at every level of football, you know, college and pro. If you've got a really good... Um, if you've got a really good tight end and a really good uh, outside receiver, it's very hard to defend both of those guys. So, I don't know. We'll see, but I'm with you. Running back's probably the me. Um, what are the impact players we haven't talked about? Anybody we haven't talked about? I think we probably have talked about most of the impact players, but anybody else you want to make special mention of? Um, I kind of hinted at this. I think when we talked offensive line a second ago, yeah. um, I think Tristan Hodge is set to have a very big year. Um, I, I think that we're going to be very glad uh, that we're, we're going to be very glad to have had him. Uh, come through the program. I think he's a guy. He's an NFL talent, in my opinion, um, and it, and is going to do good things. And I think he's just good to have on on the unit. Yeah, MP's um, on that list for me too. Yeah, I think MP also belongs on on that list. I think he's a guy with that type of potential. Yeah. Um, and then we go to the quarterbacks. I mean, you came back a minute ago. We were talking about the um the 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 race, and I and I was I, I maybe I shouldn't come back and ask this question, but I I thought you had listed the four guys who were really in the mix was, were you searching for a fifth guy? Were you thinking of, of uh, Mason Fakahua or cause you listed Zach? No, I thought uh, the, I Baylor, thought the four Jimmy guys, I thought those were the four that got the reps and were the four he was talking about. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, oh, okay. I think that's correct. I, it sounded like you were searching for another guy and I wasn't no, sure. No, but those no, are the four guys that are in those the, are the guys. Yeah. Those are the guys. And obviously I mean, they. I think they like having athletic guys, right? And, and all of them can move around, right? And Romney, who was maybe the, we find out that he was injured all last year, right? I thought he moved around okay, um, but you know, if all of them can do similar things, and obviously maybe Hall is more of a runner than some of the others, but but Wilson, when he's healthy, he can run, right? He's not Taysom or anything, but but the guy can run. Um, you look at all that and you go, well, gosh, you know, who's going to, what separates if they're all pretty athletic, it's got to be accuracy, right? Who who could put the ball on? I mean, maybe it's the deep ball, but if I were them, I'd be looking for who can complete the, the 10, 15 yard pass the best. 
Yeah. You know, um, and I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know. Zach Wilson, though, statistically was very good in that space. I mean, he struggled yeah. on things. The 15, 20-yard plus passes is really statistically where he has where he has not been as good. Um, well, and people, so is there some if, if some if one of these other guys can complete those shorter passes just as well and can do it on the run and get the ball in the bushman's hands and also drop dimes and you know drop the ball in a bucket 40, 50 yards down the field or something crazy, um, maybe maybe that's your guy. Well, and, and here's the thing, right? If you a couple of people have pointed this out that his sophomore stats and John Beck's sophomore stats looked very similar, right? And it, that's the thing that we forget with a lot of the great quarterbacks who've came through BYU is they not not all of them had great seasons every year, right? Steve Young had a pretty mediocre junior year. Um, uh, Beck's sophomore year was nothing like spectacular. Right. And, and, you know, you look at some of that and you go, well, sometimes we sour very quickly and don't give somebody a chance to develop. And obviously Wilson came into the year hurt, got hurt during the year. I mean, it was not a I'm sure he didn't walk away from that year thinking, wow, I got I accomplished everything I wanted to. Right. I got where I needed to get. So it'll, it'll be interesting if it's not Wilson. Who is it? Who do you think if if they call a different name as the starting quarterback? What, where is your money on? My money's, I think both of us, our money's on Wilson, right? To be named the starter. Yeah, my money's on Wilson. Okay, but if you had to take a second choice on your parlay, who would it be? It's probably Baylor Romney. Yeah, I would I would say Romney. I would say Romney as well. But I, Soljay, they've been so, like you said, it may just be coaches trying to keep a young kid engaged. But they've been very complimentary, and some of the reporters I trust have, you know, reported that he has looked quite good um, in in camp. So, well, I mean, but he's, I mean, he's no slouch. I mean, this is a kid that started as a freshman in high school. Yeah. Uh, you know, and as and as a freshman starter, right? They led a team to runner up, uh, runner up at state. Yeah, and you know he was recruited by he's not recruited by Bo Diddley Tech here, right? You just go to his bio. I mean, Michigan, Oregon, Purdue, Virginia, Hawaii. Uh, well, Hawaii, obviously, right? Utah, Utah well, State, and, and he's and he's supposed to be powerhouse. yeah, but he's supposed to be extremely bright kid, right? You don't get well, recruited for Princeton, right? You right? don't recruit for Princeton just for fun. But I read I I forget where I was reading it, but I mean maybe when he got recruited, but I mean this is a intelligent guy right so you pick up obviously he's got a m- massive amount of athletic ability you you know can he pick up the system quickly and, and do those things now book smarts and field smarts don't always connect right and, and we i think we all get that but you know like you said he's no slouch he was a good recruit coming out of college and he's got a good pedigree from from his high school career uh so but I, I'm with you. I think it's Romney if it's not. So uh, let's do – I mean, I think we're both saying that they will be better this year. Okay, right? Yeah. You're saying that. Statistically, saying, statistically they'll be, be a better – they'll be a better team. If they're mm-hmm. not, is same, similar to what we said last week with Tuiaki, are you ready to if – they're, if they're about the same as last year, they're still kind of a mediocre offense – are you ready to get rid of Grimes? Uh, no. 
and and I've thought about this a lot after we talked about this idea last week. Just using this season as a barometer is just going to be hard for so many reasons. We might, you know, who, we may only get a handful of games. The schedule's thrown together at the last minute. You know, you're going into you're going into Annapolis to play Navy, and then you know back to back to play Army without having spent your whole summer thinking defensively how you're going to handle that. Thinking offensively, what are you going to do if you get into a ball control situation? You know, how are you going to how are you going to balance that out? You know, or do you even worry about it? And you got to make all those types of decisions um, at, at this at this stage in the game. If you're Grimes, I mean, that's just there's a, there's a lot to think about here. Um, but I, I will say this: like we should be in every single one of these games. And if 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 there's a few of these where we're not, that's that is problematic. Um, but you know, it, are, there's teams on this schedule that there's you know that they they could beat us. And so if you lose those games, I I just don't know that in this scenario you you really want to get after crimes for that. Unless you, you they'd have to be like so bad, right? You, and I just think that the the likelihood of them being bad enough that I would feel comfortable having a conversation about Grimes is so low. So low. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think that's really the thing is that it's gonna be very hard to evaluate this season in a meaningful way in a lot of ways right and and we don't even know we don't even know what's going to happen with um we don't even know what's going to happen with spring football right what happens if the big 10 and the pac-12 do play in the spring do the people that play in the fall i assume if byu plays eight games this fall they're not playing any in the spring right or do you go and try to put together a four-game spring season, and then you've got twelve what? total. But see, right now, if everything plays out the way it's lined up right now, and you're BYU, what's your incentive? The college football playoff is going to be played based off of these games that are in the fall. I don't. I've not heard anybody talking about bowl games moving into the spring. Uh, no. So no. I, I think. I think what happens in the spring is the conferences that didn't play may put together some conference schedules to determine a conference champion, and then they're going to move on. They can't play more than five or six games. They just don't have time. So I, I just don't see what this – I don't see what the incentive would be for BYU, especially assuming they play eight games or something in the fall. What's the incentive to participate in that in the spring? A game against Utah? You know, whoop de doo um, I, I just I don't know what the incentive would be. Yeah, I, I don't either. I guess it's money. I guess it's money, but I just yeah I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't either. I, I mean, yes, it's money in a in a way, but it's also yeah I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the incentive is either at that point. So, all right, our last question comes from Tim Jacobson via email. He says, "I'm assuming that by the next episode, BYU has eight games on the schedule. That is correct." That is correct. He sent this several days, I think, before the Western Kentucky. Speaking game of Back scheduled. to the Future, this guy's got the almanac he stole from Biff sticking out of his pocket. Listen that's, to this that's guy. That's right. That's right. Insiders talking ten to twelve when all is said and done. So before we get to his next part, Matt, I don't see that. I have been scouring FBS schedules trying to figure out who else we could play. And if you look at the conferences that are still playing, right? 
The ACC is done. Their schedule is done. The American, there's maybe one or two games, but most of them have filled their schedule. The Big 12, done. So where where are we getting this? Where are the other I'm games coming from? Either. I'm not hearing it either. Eight was always the number that I was hearing. And um, and now the question really just becomes, is do you get 10 or 12? I don't even know where you would put them at this point. Like our gaps, I, mean, I think the Texas State game ends up the first half of November, and I think you're done after North Alabama. Well, I don't know. I'd have to look at Texas State's schedule. I guess I'm just saying that off the top of my head. But I don't even know where you would stick another four games based on weeks that are available to other schools. Like you're not playing on the 12th. You know, I'd, I'd, you'd really have to go look at the crosswalk, right? See who's who's available what weeks. But I'm not even sure you could fit four more games the, here. I, the, you who's can't. available still? You can't unless things – unless we become the backup for when something goes wrong, right? But Liberty doesn't have a opening for us except I think the 28th of November uh, if we wanted to play Liberty there as the other independent. So you look at the other independents – you know, Notre Dame's not independent this year. UConn and UMass aren't playing, right? So we're playing Army already. Maybe you add Liberty, right? Um, you look at the American. I can't find any openings. The Big 12's already done. Conference USA, I'm not seeing any other openings, right? We've already got um, uh, Western Kentucky in there. Uh, just got that one. And then the Sun Belt, I don't see any openings there either. And, of course, we've got a couple of teams already. I I just I think it's eight games, but do you think it's a possibility that we end up adding a game or two in season because somebody quits football halfway through, or do you think eight games will just be lucky to get those eight games done? I think if you have a couple weeks' notice, I think there's a possibility. Like if somebody makes a decision in October about a November game and they're out, and so and it happens to be a week we're open and you've got, you know, three or four weeks before that thing is going to would need to be scheduled. I think that's a scenario we could live with. Do I think there's a scenario where somebody calls Tom Homo on Monday and says, can you be in X town this Saturday? I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I think you need a couple of weeks. At minimum, um, you know, our flexibility would be nice, but I just don't logistically preparing players, giving yourself a chance to be successful just seems like yet a scenario like you're talking about does not seem very good. It'd be exciting, right? Like it'd be super exciting. <laughs> it'd be you wake crazy. up Monday morning and Twitter just is exploding because now you got a game on Saturday that you weren't expecting. You know, and, and that would be uh you know that that would be that I think that would be really fun, right? That would be neat. But I wouldn't agree to it if I were Tom Homo. Yeah. So I wouldn't do it. The second half of Tim's question is if we truly are the lone team in the West playing ball this year, dust off your Purdue NBAs. I don't have to dust it off. It's sitting right here, Tim. I'm I'm looking at mine. I'm looking at mine right now. It's a nice little diploma in a frame. It's right below a picture I took outside of Fenway Park with a bunch of banners. I don't know. Anyway, um, Give us a sweet SWAT analysis of the upcoming season. Tim, that's great, and we're going to do that next week in our season preview show. We will give you oh, man, a PowerPoint ready and everything. A SWAT analysis. If you don't know what that means, it's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. We're going to break it down for you next week 
as that. So thanks, everybody, for downloading and listening. Great show. Hope you enjoyed it. As I said before, you can listen to us on Spotify, of all things. Are you a Spotify guy? I'm not a Spotify guy. Uh, no, I used to be, but I'm, I'm an Apple Music guy, actually. Yeah, me too. Me too. So I'm, they've sucked me into their solar system. Apple has. Um, anyway, well, thanks, everybody, for downloading and listening. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. We'll be back next week for the season, pre- season preview. And uh, we'll catch you next time. I said that already. Go Cougars. Go Cougars.